this isn't my mom's faith. This isn't my grandma's faith. This is my faith. This is my eternal relationship. And I think for those church kids, right, we all face that pivotal moment in our life where it's no longer your parents or your grandparents, God, he's your God. And that might be while you're still a kid. Some people have that pivot early on. Some people are lost and then they're found again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. Hope everyone out there is doing well today. With me on the show today is my sister in Christ, my friend, alignment coach, Taylor Johnson. Sister, how are you doing today? Good, good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on and just be more involved and be be more part of your Rooted in Christ podcast. It's such an awesome show. Thank you. I appreciate it. You you have an open invite to come back anytime you like. So, but I guess we should get this one knocked out, knocked out first. So where you where are you joining us from today? So I live in the great hot state of Texas, Houston, Texas. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot right now, but it's great. I've lived lived in a few different states. And so the state's been pretty good to us. But yeah. I recorded a lady yesterday and she said that it is 105 there right now. So what's it like where you are right now? Yeah, about that. Nice. 105 and 120% humidity. Got it. Okay. You definitely want to move here. I I promise. It's great. So Cleveland is crazy with their weather. So I, right now we're experiencing spring again. So hopefully summer just decides to show up and stick it out for a couple months. That's, that's my (laughs) hope and prayer. So but I will go ahead and dive right into, into your story. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. So where'd you grow up and where are you from? Yeah. So I, I grew up in St. Cloud, Florida, small town outside of Orlando, Florida. And I was, I mean, I was raised there until I was, I left when I was 19 and I moved out to Denver, Colorado, but yeah, my mom, she, she raised us in the church. And so I was dedicated as a baby in the church. And I know we're going to get into this question. So I'm pretty sure that's where this is moving kind of backstory. But yeah, we were raised from the time I was a baby and I was baptized. I made the decision at 12 to be baptized in St. Cloud. And then, yeah, I definitely got off track, but I don't want to step too far ahead. Is that where we're moving? Is that the direction we're going? This is your episode. We can go whatever direction you like. So feel free just to dive into any part of your testimony that you, you want to share as far as like your, like you said, your early days being baptized, being a part of the church. And then, like you said, you kind of fell away from it. So dive into that to any, any degree you feel comfortable. Okay, cool. So, so yeah, baptized at 12. And then from there, I just noticed that I started to fall away from from God. Wasn't really planted well in my church, didn't really mingle well with the kids my age. And I had all these friends at school and sports and I was super involved in other things. And God just, I didn't know how to bring God into that. And so none of my other friends had God in their life. They didn't go to church. So from that point on, I, it just kind of spiraled to where I was just living a life in sin. I was cold hearted. I was just, I would lie. I would steal. I was drinking at an early age at 14, 15, getting out to parties, like all kinds of things, just going downhill. And then I, at 18, I was introduced to this business opportunity. And 
I'm like, oh, I don't really know, but you know, I'll go to a meeting and just kind of find out more about this. And so I went and these women were just vibrant. Like they were full of life. They loved Jesus. Like you could see that written all over them. And I was like, what is this? Like kind of weirded out, but also kind of interested. I'm like, I want to do joy like these women because I didn't have any at that time. And so just kind of my backstory as a kid, like I've always been kind of that kid that was super athletic and just good in school. Like I had all these good things going for me, but I was a super follower. So I just went with the wind. And that was probably my downfall where that led me astray because I was just doing what all my friends were doing. I wanted to fit in. That was most important to me. And so when I started this business venture, I immediately just, it just kind of filled me. And I'm like, wow, I want to be where these women are. Like, this is the first time I really started to dream again, since I was a kid, like when I was a young kid, like under the age of 10, I was such a dreamer. Like I loved to think about like my future and I was creative, like always putting on little performances for my parents and like playing, like I was just so creative and that obviously went away through those years of kind of hopelessness. And then I started this business venture, rose up to the top, like really quickly. And in the midst of that, I rededicated my life to the Lord. And so I was 19, like this mutual friend that I had, she was like, Hey, I know this girl at my church that would be a great fit for your business opportunity. I want you to meet her. Will you come to our ladies night at this church? I hadn't been to church in years. And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. Like I'm a hungry young entrepreneur. I will be there and I will meet this young lady. (laughs) And so little did I know that that was a a divine connection that God was like, yeah, you thought, (laughs) you thought that's what this was about. And so I show up to this church and the pastor, she started talking about, royalty that she it's almost like the room just changed I'm like listening oh okay this is great and then all of a sudden like the room shifted and she was talking directly to me like we locked eyes a few times I just felt God's presence like consuming the room and she was like don't forget the blood that you come from oh wow I've always I grew up in the church I was dedicated as a baby I was baptized at 12 like I was at church I was involved in the nursery like I knew I loved God but I just was led astray. And so don't forget the blood that you come from. You have royalty in your veins. And I just start weeping right when that sunk in, those words sunk in. I felt electricity from my head to my toes. I'm like, what is this? This is awesome. So from that point forward, I was like, all right, I'm back in this. I'm going to start going to church and I would go by myself. And I would read my devotionals and spend time with Jesus in the morning. And then I'd go out to the bars at night. And so that's kind of how I operated for for a little while. I'm like, all right, I'm living both worlds here. And so we know if you've ever been a lukewarm Christian before, which I'm pretty sure you have. I talk about that on your show a little bit. It's not fulfilling. It is not. And when I, when it really hit me, it hit me in a way where I'm like, okay, he will spit me right out of his mouth. Like this is worse than if I were just a sinner and I didn't have any clue what I was doing. And so I think that after a couple of years of doing that, he finally just spoke to me in a different way, kind of stripped me of all the success that I had built up for myself in this business that I was building. And again, I, I was a high achiever in it, a lot of success. And then it was taken away from me, just stripped. And I'm like, oh, wow lost a lot of people that I thought were my people, 
lost my purpose. I thought this was what my life was about. I thought this was what I was created for. And I had kind of built up this pedestal for myself and didn't really realize it until he took it away. And it was just me and him. And he's like, all right, this is where I want you. We're going to build some intimacy and we're going to build a firm foundation for you because you got to set boundaries in the kingdom. And that's how we get strong. We got to get strong. So he helped me build boundaries, set a firm foundation and just grow intimacy for him and love for him because I'd always known him for his hand and not his face. Oh, God, bless my business. Oh, God, bring $10,000 in production in this month. Oh, God, please orchestrate this all out. Like I, I was bringing him into my world and it's, I need you to do all these things for me. And so that shifted hugely, dramatically for me whenever he took it all away. And so, yeah. It's crazy how like how many boundaries that you have to put in place sometimes to make sure that you can stay on that straight and narrow walk. And it looks different for everybody. Yeah, there is the basics of, yes, we need to pray. We need to go to church. We need to to read the word. How do we live that out so I can honor the blood of Christ, so I can honor my testimony? So it's truly a testimony and not I'm still having one foot in and one foot out. Right. So you, I'm going to, I'm going to go in this direction a little bit here. Cause you talked about how, when you and I spoke offline about Romans 12 and the impact that verse has had on, on your walk and your journey. So I'm going to let you um, read whatever you want from there. And then let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah. So uh, I would love to read it if my internet was working, <laughs> but uh, it's Romans 12 too. And so let me just try to pull up the Bible app one more time here. I couldn't just get my regular Bible, but Okay, Romans 12. Oh, here we go. Okay, Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. I think whenever I hear that, I immediately think about intentionality. It's, it's probably the first thing that pops. One of the first thing that pops into my head is I have to intentionally work on my mind and my heart. And if I'm truly going to be a man or woman of faith, then how do I intentionally live this out to where I'm not trampling the blood of Christ, to where I'm not living the way that that I used to live? And I talked about this. We, I mean, we just talked about this on the show a few minutes ago, but for everyone that may look may look different. I've said this to people so often. For me, I everything that was a part of my my life was so readily available when I first got saved, it was right in front of my face. The drugs, the alcohol, the nights out, it was all right there. I had to get new phone numbers. I changed my media pages. I I actually physically moved because the ever again, my weaknesses were literally right next door. <laughs> and I was I was already in bondage in that situation. So I couldn't escape it. If you're already in bondage to something, you can't, you can't get out of it. It has you. You have to come out of legal agreement with the enemy and come out of legal agreement to that sin and come out of that bondage before you can talk about resisting the sin and the and the temptation. So I had to make some extreme steps and decisions and be intentional about it. And that went to intentionality with my time. Like to your point of being lukewarm, 
right? I'm reading. I was doing similar things. I'm reading and praying in the morning and I'm getting high at night. It's like, this is not something what I'm reading and what I'm living is not lining up. So how do I take what I'm reading and, and live this out? Yes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, but I, I'm going to put some action steps to this too. So my work starts to line up with exactly what I'm reading and, and believing. So yeah, without works, faith is dead, right? Right. It doesn't start with the works, but they kind of go hand in hand. So, and I think that's really where I was at this point in my story where he pulled this away. It just refined me to a point where, okay, it's quiet. Like my distractions are no nowhere to be found. At this time, my husband was away working for 25 days out of the month. He was just gone, right? So I'm having all this alone time with God that I've never had before to grow and build this intimacy to set boundaries, to cut out things that have been suppressing my growth as a Christian. And it's just crazy how you really know where you stand spiritually when you're tested. And anytime I've gotten to that point of being tested, I'm like, wow, I, I'm weak. Like, all right, girl, let's get this together. So especially at that time, I'm like, wow, okay, I see what he's doing here. He's got to build that firm foundation for me. And so what's kind of ironic is as I'm really growing this intimacy with him, getting to know him, reading my word, reading his word, journaling so much and just listening. I just sit on the back porch and just listen and just hear him talk to me. And one of the most profound moments that was like the spark was when I was journaling one morning and I'd asked him like, God, I I had said, God, it's not who am I to you, but what am I to you? And he had said to me, this is the first time I really just heard him that you're faithful. And it's so weird how God speaks because it's okay. Yeah, you're faithful. But he showed me because I was walking through a really like hard time in that moment. And he just showed me all these times of where I've clung to him with such desperate faith in every time that I've walked through something hard. And it's I'm seeing this movie in my spiritual vision of myself in all these different times when he said, you're faithful to me. And obviously I weeped. I'm like, God spoke to me. Like he showed me like, and that was just the most profound moment in that intimacy with him of, all right, God speaks. God wants a relationship with me. God really loves me. This isn't my mom's faith. This isn't my grandma's faith. This is my faith. This is my eternal relationship. And I think for those church kids, right, we all face that pivotal moment in our life where it's no longer your parents or your grandparents, God, he's your God. And that might be why you're still a kid. Some people have that pivot early on. Some people are lost and then they're found again. And so everyone's story is different. Everyone's convictions are different. I love that you said that, Eric, because it's true. And that kind of is what, for me, some of my early convictions were around just my, my influences, my gateways. We got our ear gate, our eye gate, our mouth gate. Like, how am I protecting these boundaries? And I had immediately stopped with any music, movies. Those are some of the two main things. Like, horror movies were an absolute no. (laughs) Absolute no. And that's something that I liked as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And then I'd wondered why I had anxiety. Right. (laughs) Like, why am I so anxious? Oh my gosh. Like, like, yeah, you should stop watching demonic film. I mean, calling it entertainment, right? So... Yeah, just music, movies. And I remember another profound moment in my like radical growth journey where I like could not 
I could not stop cussing. Like, I remember I just had a bad, bad mouth. And in this midst of this intimacy and growth, I'm like, God, I want my words to honor you. Because I had an honest talk with him. I don't know how to stop. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, Eric, in, in any of your moments of letting go of certain things where you're like, I don't know how to stop. But that was me with cussing. And I'm like, I, I said, God, I want my words to honor you and glorify you. Literally from that moment on, it just stopped. It just stopped. I was like, how? How does that happen? Because it was with my heart that I spoke those words to him. I really did at this point want to stop. And I think that's the heart of repentance. And that's how he can truly transform us is that repented heart posture. So cussing was also an issue. But to your point, this goes back to the renewing the mind piece. What am I putting in? So immediately for me, some of the stuff that I used to watch, I had to change. And some people, I've heard people say, well, doesn't that, this is wisdom, not legalism. Because these things, I tell people this a lot too. I don't owe anyone any explanation for why I'm not sinning. If it is pulling me away from God, it is a problem. And I need to deal with that. Even if it's not pulling someone else away from God, I need to deal with my own personal relationship with him. So I had to look at why am I angry and depressed and why am I cussing so much? But what have I been listening to? Okay, well, the music I'm listening to, this is what is literally immersed in every single one of these songs. And then I'm depressed. Why am I listening to depressed music? That's not helping anything. So I immediately had to change my environment. And this is why I I always talk to to people when it comes to renewing the mind, it takes intentionality and a heart looking at the mirror of why are you really doing what you're doing? No, the real why, like that tension, like why are you really doing the things that you're doing and what are you really exposing the Holy Spirit to? So you're sitting on the couch, you're watching that TV show. Jesus is right next to you if if you've given your heart to him. these These are the windows to the soul. So that's what you're exposing the spirit to. Is Jesus really sitting there while I'm listening to this? Is the Holy Spirit really going to want to sit there and be exposed to this? Are my words edifying and honoring Christ the things that I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, I really, again, that that's the, that's the transformation. It's the exact opposite. It is not that we hate the world. It's not that we hate people who don't love Jesus. I'm, I'm broken. I know that I need a savior. I know that when my life was my own, I saw the mess that it, that it really was. But I'm not going to fall into the trends and the culture and the and the and the style of this world and let that live in my mind and in my in my heart and in my spirit. I'm going to live out how the Bible says I should live out and live out the example of Jesus. Yeah. So I, I think that really teaching people what renewing the mind means is is critical, but it's it is intentionality and it is personal in a lot of ways. Personal, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a recognition too, along the way of he's not just my savior, he's my Lord. Mm -hmm. And so what does that entail? It doesn't mean that he's just my life raft. He is a life raft. He is that too. But is that all I want to see him as? Is that all I want to experience him as? Or do I want to actually honor him and step into that place that he really has for me, that he's calling me to, that's a progressive sanctification all throughout our life here on earth. It's kind of a balance. It's kind of just, yes, like we have to constantly be recognizing like he is our savior. We are broken. We're not perfect. That's why we need his spirit, but we're also not meant to stay the same. And that's where that renewal piece comes in of like, all right, spirit guide me, refine me, sculpt me into who you're creating me to be, because we can't be the church without that, without that peace, because it it needs to be spirit driven. It needs to be spirit led. And so 
if we're not rising up as the church and obeying, being obedient to the commands of the spirit, then what are we exemplifying to those that are of the world? If we're living just like them, what is it? What's in it for them if they were to just give their life to Christ today? So, so yeah, that's kind of that renewal piece is what brought me to this, all these different ideas that he was first teaching me how to live it out. And then he's like, all right, you're going to teach it out. (laughs) You're going to live it out and teach it out. So, so yeah, he immediately, I started journaling with him and it turned into writing. And so I had started writing a book about two years ago and it's in the publishing stage now, final edits and stuff like that. But it's just so cool because it was such spirit led. He was really just writing through me in this book and it's about alignment. So it's called Aligned and Alive. And I'm like, I want to write something about how the Lord is working in my life right now and how I believe he works in everybody's life in the sense of he's spiritually renewing us. He's mentally renewing us and physically renewing us. Like we're like a three part here, right? So, and how do we find fulfillment in that journey? Like he is the catalyst to that fulfillment. And so in the book, I talk about all these things that we put our hope in, all these things that we expect to fulfill us that don't, they all leave us empty. I talk about just a worldly mindset and what that looks like compared to a holy heavenly mindset and what renewal with Jesus can actually look like. And we talk about one of the first things I was, another first thing, I had a lot of first things that I was convicted of was the way I treated my body. And so I ate very poorly. Like I said, I was always active. So, and I've always been thin. It's not like I've always been thicker or anything like that. Always been thin. So I thought I could eat however I wanted. And I would literally eat a bag of Sour Patch Kids for dinner and not feel bad about it and drink some wine with it, right? Sugar galore. (laughs) So I was like a five-year-old. I'm definitely ashamed to share that, but that's the truth. So loved candy, sour candy, would eat it all the time, would eat just things that weren't good for me, chips. I just didn't even eat real food ever. And so he's, yeah, we need to get that in check because you're not honoring me with the way you're treating your body. So that was one of the first pieces. So then that kind of was brought into the book of, wow, okay, so this is important because now that I am eating well and I'm eating mindfully, right? Not just inhaling my food. It's another thing that I've had to work on because I would just scarf food down, lived a very on-the-go lifestyle, driving and scarfing something and trying to get somewhere, trying to be somewhere. I'm just not being mindful with, wow, the Lord's blessed me with this. You know, when we look at every time Jesus ate, like it was like a spiritual moment in the Bible. Like he's in communion with his family, his friends, his disciples. And I don't know. It's just, he was just so peaceful with it. It's like, all right, we're going to eat now. Sit down. We're, let's eat some grapes, nourishing our body. Like it was just so much slower pace around let's eat. So he really taught me that and to just like actually look at my food and be like, wow, like this looks good. Thank you, Lord. This is going to bless me. This is going to nourish me. And we underestimate prayer over our food as well, because we don't know what's, especially if you go out to restaurants, right? You don't know how that was prepared. You don't know, right? But the power of prayer to bless that food could literally save you from food poisoning, literally. And we underestimate the power of prayer over our food that we, this is going to nourish my body. This is going to keep me well. 
And so just really added that piece in. Okay. Let me honor my body with the way I eat, with the way, with my emotional relationship with food. A lot of us have poor emotional connection to food that we cling to it when we're happy, celebratory, sad, angry. Oh, I need to go get sugar. I need to go get a pie. Oh, you went through a breakup. Let's go get ice cream and sob. We've just correlated this toxic connection, this toxic emotional connection to food that it was never meant to be. It was meant to nourish our bodies, to give us energy so that we could keep up with what the spirit has planned and purpose for. So it's just sad when we look at obviously our food system today, that they're very unashamed and all this toxic carcinogenic foods, foods that they put in our stores. So we have to do the work because our world system's not going to do it for us. We have to do the digging. We got to find out what's good for us. And God put perfectly awesome food on this earth for us to enjoy. And you start to grow an appetite for it the more that you eat it. So no, that's good for me. I don't know if I shared this with you when I was on when I was doing your show, but that's actually a part of the renewing the mind piece for me too. At one point I was weighing 315 pounds. I weigh 205 pounds now. And my mindset towards all of that had to completely change. I was not honoring my body because as a temple with what I was, what I was eating, I view, I view food now as fuel and recovery, fuel for the day and recovery from my workout. Now I'm not telling everybody they have to do that, but with the way that I, I train, that is the, that's the mindset that, that I have for it. And when I talk about renewing the mind, because when I, whenever I teach lessons on this, I always break down mind and make an acronym. So it ends up being the M for motives. Why do you do what you do? What is the real why behind you doing what you do? So in this case, why am I eating this much of this? <laughs> do I really need this? Or I remember the nights we'd go out and I was drinking whiskey through a straw. Do I really need to be doing this? I was not honoring my body. The, the I, am I being intentional? Am I intentionally following Christ? Am I being intentional with my night? Am I being intentional with my identity in the Lord? How am I going about really doing that? The, the in networking, who am I hanging around? Because I'm hanging around a bunch of people who are encouraging my bad habits. That's not good. The Bible is clear. The bad company corrupts good character. Right. So I'm hanging around a bunch of people who are eating the same things. I am. We're all now unhealthy. Who is going to be the leader in this group to step up to say something's got to change. But for me, it wasn't just the food. It was the drugs, it was the alcohol, and it was a number of, of other things. So to something you mentioned earlier, I had to find a whole new community of friends because some of the people I thought were my friends really weren't. And then the decisions, the D for decisions. Andy, I've said this a thousand times and I will always promote this book, but Ask It by Andy Stanley is a life changer. It is based off my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams. What is the wise thing for me to do to employ wisdom in my decision-making? So for me, I'm not going to be at that bar at all, let alone right. past a certain time because I know what I used to do there. So let's just yeah. avoid that situation altogether. I know yeah. that I can gain weight very easily. So I shouldn't be eating fast food five, six, seven days a week. So that's, I always break down the renewing of the mind that way to really take a look at why you're doing the things that you're doing, no matter whether you're talking about health and wellness, whether you're talking about the spiritual aspect, because to me, it's all, it all goes, it all yeah. goes hand in hand. So 
I wrote that down. I love that acronym. That is incredible. You can have it. I won't charge you for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I need to save that. That's all. Awesome. If when it comes to health, because something that I kind of walked into as I'm like, okay, I'm getting really healthy, really studying and researching like all this stuff. Well, I started to idle it. And so he convicted me of that a while back. And so I was able to go walk through that though. It was like, obviously a great lesson learned because it can obviously prove how easy we can start to idle something and think that that is our source, right? We idle the vehicle rather than the actual source. And so that's just the vehicle to help me get where the Holy Spirit needs me. That's not, that's not my source. The food is not my source. God provides that source, right? So my spiritual health comes first. And that's really what I break down in the book and my course that I'm building as well, that everything we do has to be filtered, like picture like a funnel, like it mm -hmm. has to be filtered through the spirit first. And, you know, recently I went to a cycle class. I love cycle classes. Um, I ride my bike a lot. And so I went and this atmosphere from the beginning was just kind of like, hmm. Like I felt kind of iffy, but I'm like, I'm just going to start riding. Well, then they started playing the music and I immediately just felt my spirit off. I'm like, like I yeah. can't. And with cycle classes, you have to ride to the rhythm of these classes. It's not just, oh, you're riding. Like right. you're the coach, they're coaching you like, all right, catch the beat. So now I'm like one with this music and I'm like, right. I can't, this is just honestly demonic. It is. And so I walked out of the class and I walked out and I went to my car and I was just kind of frustrated walking to my car because I knew I did the right thing, but I had that like moment of goodness, what can I do? Like, I just kind of had that moment, which I just want to comfort you if you're there or you've been there in your walk, that that's, that's like a good sign that you're in that place of being obedient because it's out of our comfort zone and it's okay to feel that sometimes like to feel that wrestle, like, oh, this is hard, but I know it's the right choice. And so he had told me that if it compromises my spiritual health, it's not really health at all. Come on. And if it compromises my eternal relationship, like it's not worth it. And that's how I felt in the class. I, God couldn't be present with me there because it was entertaining darkness, the music, the environment, the vibe, like it just wasn't. And that was my own personal conviction to it again. But, but yeah, that's how I felt. And so we got to funnel it first spiritually. And that's kind of the core of what I built my coaching practice on my book, my course. So you, you said something really good earlier too, because you said it became the good thing became an idol, right? Yeah. So do we care more about the good thing or the one who gave us the good thing? Do we mm -hmm. care more about the calling or the one who who called us? Mm -hmm. Where where is the the priority? Because right when we're done recording, I have a, a kickboxing sparring session coming up right after this. To your point, I bring the speaker, the plugs, and the music. And these guys know that if they want to train with me, that the music is coming out of my phone, and that is not negotiable. One, yeah. I'm gonna beat them up. Two, two, it's the what am I exposing myself to? This music is saying anything that's remotely honoring God. And I have to ask myself, what does this look like for all of these kids who are going to end up walking past this room? These parents are going to be walking past this room. Anybody's going to walk past the room and hear this coming out of a place that I'm at. This is not God honoring. And this is not a good representation of, of Jesus. I'm not meant to blend in with this world. I'm not meant to look like everything else. We are meant to stand out and be set apart. And it opens up the door for that question. Why are you so different? 
Why, why did you respond that way in that situation? Why does this make you uncomfortable? And then it gives me a chance to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I love the music that we play that I get to play in the gym because I'm, I'm, I'm listening to, to, he's a friend of mine. I'm listening to Breno or I have a song on by K diamond. Well, what is this? His music sounds really good. And I get to say, these are artists who are Christians who are putting out a good message and you can listen to this song with your mom or your grandmother or your your kids whatever the case would be and there's no shame yeah. because the message is clean yep. so you you've really kind of explained it and touched on it but just in case for anyone who doesn't know what what would you consider an alignment coach to be yeah so this was something that uh, a title the holy spirit made up because i have all this background and i could really coach well in leadership and health and wellness i've been certified in all just a professional Christian life coaching and health and wellness coaching, great in relationship coaching and just all these different pillars. So I'm like, oh, I want to coach to all these individually and just kind of whoever needs it, right? But you need a you need a a niche that's just boom. Like and alignment came to mind. Like I had already started writing the book about alignment. I'm like, why not just be an alignment coach where we just intertwine all of it because it's all important. Like it's lifestyle. It's based on lifestyle, right? So my mission as an alignment coach is to really partner with clients in discovering their ultimate fulfillment with Jesus at the core of their lifestyle. So between our mental health, physical health, home life, career, relationships, and community, we have obviously so many different demands that are pulling us in many different directions. So kind of how we've been talking this whole time, like how can we maximize each area while honoring God? At the same time, how can we clarify our purpose, become overall healthier, know ourselves and God more, be intentional and encouraged all simultaneously, simultaneously. So I really just break it down with the client. It's personalized, individualized, go into their story, their situation, their vision. And I invite the Holy Spirit into the space because it is 100% led by God in these sessions. And it's so cool to watch the Holy Spirit move and guide my clients. Like, obviously we develop really rich, awesome friendships, but the Holy Spirit is in our sessions. He's moving through our time that we're working together. And they'll just have like epiphanies along the way that this just think there's no other words to describe it, that it was just God. He's moving. He's in our conversations that we're having. And the next thing you see all these things move over the next two weeks before we talk again. And it's honestly just so exciting. It's so cool. But active listening is really something I implement a lot. And prayer is another awesome tool that I use. And I'm just there to really help the client organize their thoughts and offer accountability, assist in problem solving, and of course, their number one cheerleader. So that's really what I do as an alignment coach. It's just kind of our conversation that we're having today, but just personalized and right. like really helping holding these clients' hands and walking them through this process of refinement and fulfillment because it's kind of a package deal. Well, thank you so much for everything you shared on here today. The time has flown by. I'm going to have to get you back on here so we can talk about some health, wellness, and nutrition and how the things we eat can affect us spiritually. I think I'm going to write that down before I forget about it. So yeah, good. <laughs> that brings us to our final segment of the show, which is our let them know segment. This is where you can share anything you like with the audience, anything that's on your heart. So Taylor, please let them know. Cool. Yeah. So obviously we've been talking a lot about refinement and God most importantly, just wants a relationship with us. And our busy, hectic lifestyles can prevent that. If we're being honest, it can. It, it blocks him 
and his great glory. And so I just want to encourage you today to just get quiet with him and just come with an open heart and pray and ask him, Lord, search my heart, search my heart. And he will search your heart promise. <laughs> and he will tell you things and you'll be like, okay, maybe I didn't want you to search my heart. Just kidding. <laughs> yes. And so, but it's just, you know, so good for our souls. And I just want to encourage you to, to pray, to be in awe of him, to love him and to just be open to what he has for you, because it's so much bigger than you can imagine. Like that one thing that you got to say no to that one thing that you're letting go of that might seem so hard. I promise there's abundance on the other side. If he's leading you in that there's abundance on the other side, like there's a bigger yes waiting for you. And I also just want to share briefly that I have a faithful awakening community on social media that my alignment coaching is really umbrella under faithful awakening. And we share just encouraging messages about Jesus and We'd love to have you follow us and just be a part of that community where you can, if you are on social media and stuff, you can see good content that's going to nourish your spirit, but you know, don't depend on it. Depend on your Bible. That's right. That's <laughs> so. right. I always tell folks, anything I say to you, even if it's teaching, take it back to scripture, double check it. Let that yeah. be your first source. Yep. Good. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. If you would not mind closing us out in prayer, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. Sounds good. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for this time together. I thank you so much for this platform that you have led Eric in and just shining your light to your community, to your children through this platform, Lord Jesus. We thank you so much for how your your spirit is moving in this place. And we thank you so much for how much you love us and for saving us, Lord, that you came and you died for our sins and that you want an eternal relationship with us. And we're just so grateful. We pray that you lead us and you guide us in all of our days. In your name we pray. Amen. And Father, I just thank you for, for tailoring her ministry, Lord. God, I just thank you for this this time today and just using each one of us today. I pray that we I pray that anyone listening was was just they got a, a nugget. They got something that is just going to inspire them, encourage them, uplift them, but most importantly, draw them nearer to you, Father. So I just thank you. This is about you and not about us. I thank you for the work that you're doing in us and through us, Lord. I pray blessings over everyone at the sound of my voice, Father. And I just pray that you just make yourself so real to everyone listening, that you just give fresh vision, fresh wisdom, just a, a fresh anointing. Give just meet each one of us where we are, Lord, but draw us nearer to you, Father. So I, I pray, Lord, you just continue to just use each one of us in a mighty way. I pray that we continue to surrender our hearts to you. Give us the grace to surrender our hearts to you and do all the things you asked us to do. We just pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Taylor, thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate it. We will have to get you back on here soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.